0: What up, y'all? It's your boy Kevin on stage, and I want to tell you about Black Married and Debt-Free, okay? There are a couple that paid off $110,000 in debt in 2017, and now they want to educate and inspire millennial couples to do the same. So what I want y'all to do is subscribe to their page. Go on YouTube, go on Instagram, and get the following going. At Black Married Debt-Free, it's everywhere, all right? So if y'all don't want to be broke no more, you want to be debt-free and victory. Then go follow them, Google them, look them up, and see what they're talking about because don't nobody want to be broke. You feel me? What's good, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Mary Dead Free, and you are checking out our Quick Cast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Quick Cast powered by Black Mary Dead Free. You are in the right place. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of our returning listeners and even our brand new listeners. This is our midweek podcast episode where just myself gets to talk, rant, rave on anything I want to talk about. Now, we have a main podcast that me and my wife, Shira, do. That drops every Monday. So we try to give you two episodes a week and we want to thank everybody for continued support checking out the podcast and leaving the five-star reviews if you haven't left a five-star review yet you know it's like coming into somebody's house and 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 not taking not taking your shoes off at the door you know what i mean (laughs) or at least at least not reading the room to see if that's something they would like for you to do right so do us a huge favor you're listening to us you're lending us your ear you're 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 extracting this information is in this uh content that we're providing take your shoes off leave us a five-star review why don't you we really appreciate it i mean it is just more it uh does more than you you will know so i am still i have to admit y'all i'm still reeling recovering reflecting uh on monday's podcast so if you didn't listen to monday's podcast with me and shira or if you listen to it and you logged off we, we 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 see the analytics we know people's attention span you know i like to listen to stuff all the way through but not everybody does right so if you didn't listen to it all the way through You did yourself a disservice because it went somewhere unexpected at around the last 15, 18 to 15 minutes of uh, the last podcast. And I've just I haven't been able to shake this thing, y'all. And what we talked about was asset allocation by race and the statistics were staggering. And I, the reason why I can't really shake it is because it's like everything else that we've talked about, everything else that surrounds financial literacy from a black perspective, black family perspective is kind of mute or moot, whatever they, however you say that moot point it's, it's, it's somewhat wanes in comparison to the importance of the asset allocation. Now, you may may, be saying, well, it kind of doesn't because if I ain't got the assets to allocate, then that really, that's like level two stuff, right? But while I may agree that making money, budgeting, paying down debt is like foundational, like, like, how do I make money? How do I increase my earning power? Right. Is, is, is very important. But if you're not allocating the money properly, once you make it, because we're all going to get to the point where we're making some, we're making something, some make more than others. Some endeavors yield more income than others, but immediately after making something, you must know where, how am I going to properly allocate this? Right. How am I going to, to make it grow, to create this generation of wealth that we all hear about, talk about? What am I going to put my money in to do that? Where am I going to allocate my money? Where are the wealthy? Our wealthy counterparts allocating their money. Right. So. We. We we're able to get real data from financial advisors, um, financial professionals. And we were able to to get read a report, an 80 page report that had the real data about where African Americans, black folk, whatever you want to call us, uh, where we're allocating our money From an investment perspective. But what was polarizing was when you compared that to our white counterparts. Now, like I said, on the front end, we we, we discussed uh, income discrepancy. We discussed that you could take a white male and a black male with the same uh, education. And the black male is going to make less because of the systemic things in place. Same with uh, women and men. These these facts are undeniable. You can't dispute these things. A woman with the same education as a man makes. Was it it's something like 80 something cents to the dollar? That's just a fact. You can't argue that. That's not every case. But in mass, that's how it works in mass a black male with uh, education and a white male with education, the white male is going to make more. The white family is going to make more. The white family also statistically does, uh, gets better uh, interest rates when it comes to buying homes there. They have uh, less interest on student loans. These are facts. We're not here to debate that. So we're starting there, but what we can change and what we can uh, equal is where we're putting the money that we do get right. We can compare and contrast that and say, okay, why are we doing this and they're doing that and their money's growing faster. So because of that, man, I just been wrestling with, well, what is all this other stuff that we're talking about in this space? We're talking about, how to start uh, home-based businesses and how to k- repair credit and and all this fluff, right? But if after you do all of that good stuff and you you, you start your your business where you don't have to be there, uh, you know, you can do it remote and it makes you all this money or you do this Amazon drop ship thing and you make all this money, what the heck are you doing with the money? After you get it. So because of that. I'm like okay. We're talking about the wrong thing. Right. We're focusing on the wrong thing. We're hearing about the wrong thing. In these black financial streets. Because it, the important thing is. What are we doing with our money? So what did the article say? What did the, the report really unpack? Well. Well. It unpack some incredible things first blacks were and i want you to go back and listen to the podcast i'm going to paraphrase some of the numbers I'm, I'm, I'm round about the numbers blacks families were invested in cds at a 20 to 25 percent range and white families were investing in cds at a zero percent range CDs, certificate of deposit, you can get it at most credit unions, most banks. Where you put a thousand dollars in, the bank holds the money and gives you a guaranteed return of like anywhere from three to four percent. Black folks were investing their money into that at a twenty-five percent rate. White family zero. Three percent isn't a large year yield. And the certificate of deposit in, uh, as an investment model is outdated. And we shouldn't be investing our money in that. That stood out. What else stood out? Uh, mutual funds. And when I say mutual funds, you go ahead and include index funds. Go ahead and include ETFs. I'm using mutual fund as a cover all for uh uh, investing in in things that have pieces, multiple businesses within it. If that's an ETF, if that's a index fund, mutual fund, whatever, um, or sector, right? So I'm using the word mutual fund as like a a sector of the market. Hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, I'll break that down uh, a little bit later. That model. Blacks were in not investing very heavy in that, right? I forget the percentage. I think it was single digits, somewhere around eight nine percent. Where whites were thirty some odd thirty five percent in that investment vehicle. We're gonna come back to that. So put a pin in that one. Then it transitioned to the stock market, which which was a essentially just single stocks, right? So one business, Facebook, uh, Tesla, Amazon, right? White folks were in the 30% range there and black people were in the 30% range there. Um, let's go back a second about uh, the mutual funds. The mutual funds yielded around an 8 9% return, right? So you had certificate deposits, 3 3% return, Mutual funds, 8% return and now moving back to the stock market was around a 9% return and blacks were heavily invested in that. So that's good. White people, black people have about 30% invested in that. So I thought that was that was interesting. My takeaway from that is there's a renaissance of us one trying to learn the market and trying to catch lightning in a bottle, right? By investing in GameStop or investing in Amazon or investing in Tesla. I think we're more willing to do that because the bigger, there's a bigger reward there. And so I I think that that was very interesting to me to that, that we would skip over investing in the sectors which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, but we would, we would go heavy into the single stock market. So there may be some psychology there. Right. So then we went to, uh, I forget what, uh, I forget what was next. The next investment. Oh, savings bonds. White families were like very low in savings bonds. Black families were investing in savings bonds, which is another outdated investment vehicle but bonds like stock market bonds blacks were at a zero percent investment there and white families were at a 12 percent investment there why is that bonds is something safe that gives you almost a, a guaranteed rate of return it's not a large rate of return but it's something guaranteed that a lot of times you put your money in when you're in retirement when you're when 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 you're chilling. A lot of times, black people don't we don't get to the chill. We don't we don't never make it that far. So that spoke volumes to me. Now, this next one, we really went off on this. so I'm not going to go off on it. Y'all know how I feel about it. But black families were heavy into the cash value lifetime uh, life insurance, whole life insurance, 25 percent that yield like 3% return white families were very low on that. I think they were like four or 5% invested in that. So I really like, it's like, man, we could really take away something from this because on the front end, you see the totals that white families are making or the, the wealth gap is just, is, is, is like a chasm. It's getting larger. And then you see what white families doing and you compare that to what black families are doing. You're like, man, we, this needs to be highlighted more, right? Well Marcus, that sounds great. You're telling me about a report. How does that play out in real life? Well I like to share a couple things. Shira wrote me my wife Shira uh, text me today. She said she sent me a screenshot of her, of her 401k. I'm not going to give you the exact number. But it's growing. It's growing significantly. And with her 401k, she invests in the total stock market index, which is going back to that mutual fund section, in which we are not, we as in African Americans in mass aren't really investing in. Well, the yearly rate of return for or 401, which she's invests about 30% of her income into that is 14% year to date, 14% return year to date. And her uh, overall total has grown 3K in a week because the market's doing pretty good. Market's having a good, uh, a good run. So what does that tell us? It takes a looking at the fact that we are more likely to invest into the single stock market as opposed to the sector market is troubling to me because a lot of us are not astute. We haven't studied how to make money by investing in single stocks. Right. Warren Buffett makes money investing in single stocks, but he is a professional investor. Widely considered the greatest investor. In human history, he. Has gone on record to, as to say how hard it is to do what he does. And it's a bit troubling that we would rather buy the numbers put more money into guessing and trying to pick, I'm going to get this Amazon. I'm going to do that. Then we, then we are in investing in sectors of the stock market through index funds. So what is an index fund? Let's do this. An index mirrors. Either a sector or mirrors, a the entire stock market like i said we invest in index funds that literally are comprised of every business in the s p 500 or in the total stock market so what that does is it it provides you um it 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 hedges against you know businesses doing bad they're automatically to either taking out Of the top 500 S&P 500 and then another business put in its place or you have the market, uh, the companies that are doing great, that kind of balance out those companies that aren't doing so good. And it's really good for folks who don't have the time, which. If you have the time, then I'm not talking to you, but most of us don't have the time to study charts to study businesses to study ceos to track what the ceo is getting ready to do to track this and that now we could put money on apple we could put money on amazon and we could put money on tesla that's not hard you're not a you're not warren buffett because you put money in apple this past year now i'm not talking to that person right we can do that because we know these are blue chip stocks these are stocks that are literally holding the the entire market up propping the market up at times that's not a you, you don't get props for for saying google's going to do pretty good i mean when when don't they right i'm talking about you trying to find the next thing and the next upstart and and trying to predict many of us don't have the time to dedicate to studying and learning and being able to do that but what we can easily do is invest in sectors of the market right so let's break it down i've used this analogy before i've heard this analogy used before and i'll use it again just to kind of uh shed some light on on investing in this way and why i would i think we need to be doing more of this if you invest in A business that's like investing in one chip brand, right? You're at a grocery store. You want your banking. You're putting all your money on that. Blue Cool Ranch Doritos are going to sell and you're going to get a lot of money from the sale of those Doritos. You're hoping everybody comes in and everybody that comes in picks up Cool Ranch Blue Bag Doritos, right? Put all your money on that. It's kind of hard to guess because there's a whole bunch of stuff in the grocery store, right? So if you wanted to invest in an ETF, which is more of a sector of the market, you can say, you know what? I don't necessarily want to put all my money on the blue Cool Ranch Doritos, but I think a lot of people are going to come in here and buy chips. So I'm going to, invest in the chip aisle that's like vesting investing in an etf it's more it's it's a sector it's focused but you have a broader group of chips or businesses which give you a better uh what's the word i'm looking for better balance right so let's say you know what Ah, That's a little too risky, too. I mean, a lot of people, there's other aisles in here in Kroger's. You know what I'm saying? So you know what I want to do? I just want to invest in the entire grocery store. I want to invest in Kroger. That's an index fund. That's what it's like. So now you're just getting a little bit every time someone comes in and buys anything from this store. You see what I'm saying? And so I think. I mean, the numbers show that if you consistently do that, you'll get, um, on average, an eight anywhere from 8 to 10% return. Now, will you have years where it's terrible? Absolutely. We've had a couple. But then you have years like right now where it's 14%. We've had years when we were at 18%. And so I think it's something that that we need to put on the front of our mind because certificates of deposit savings bonds and trying to catch the latest meme stock is not going to create generational wealth for our families. It's just not going to do it, but being consistent and investing in index funds, which has one low fees two you can invest through your uh, employer, uh, sponsored 401k or 403b right these vehicles that provide other benefits like tax um, lower taxable income there's a whole bunch of uh, great things that 401ks and 403bs and any employer-sponsored accounts provide they also a lot of times do employee matches right and you can use that to invest in the index fund which you're getting pieces of all these businesses. But when you're trying to catch the next GameStop play, you're taking your your after-tax money and you're putting it on something that, I mean, once again, if you study the markets, if you're an astute uh, studier of business and their charts and their you know all the things that that all the things they're indicators right all those things that 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 you would need to do in there, in order to catch the next big thing if you do that turn off the podcast i'm not talking to you but if you're investing in single stocks just because you're trying to catch the next hotness you're playing yourself When it would be more beneficial for us in mass as a community to invest in index funds, sectors of the market, and do that consistently, consistently over time. That's all Shire and I do. Right. Will we have big sweeping uh, days where, you know, we're making thousands upon thousands of dollars? Probably not. But with consistency, we will see growth. You will see growth. Our community will see growth. So I just wanted to drop this because it's been like really on my mind. Like, man, we're as a community, we're invested in the wrong thing, man. Like going back to the cash value policy crap, right? If you would just take the money that you're spending Shout out to JT, the pocket watch, because he broke this down. He breaks this down a lot. If you were to take the money that you're spending to front load that policy, which could be $1,000 a month, a couple thousand dollars a month, if you took that money, got you a $50 policy, that's term, took the remaining uh, 950 bucks and put it in the market in, a, in an index fund every month, Do you know where you would be? Do you know how how faster that money would grow? We got to like reprogram ourselves because we're either too worried, too, I don't trust that. I'm going to just keep this money in my drawer. We're either either that or we're the extreme. We're trying to find these little catchy uh, TikTok plays, if you will, right? When... History has shown that being consistent and, you know, investing in something that gives you a nice balance is really what grows wealth and, and, and doing it consistently over time. It's really what grows wealth y'all. So I hope this helps has helped you. I really wanted to like hammer the point of the last pot home, you know, so, if you haven't listened to the last podcast, once again, go check that out. But I really wanted to drive this point home because I think it's like super important. And me and Shira are seeing, literally seeing this play out in our situation. My 401k is growing, Shira's 401k is growing, our Roth IRAs are growing, and we're invested in mutual funds, index funds, ETFs. You know, we're not doing any of those other things. And if you look at the numbers in the contrast between white families and black families, white families are heavy in this area that I'm speaking about today. And the racial wealth cra- uh, gap shows that they're being successful that is not to say that there aren't other issues because there are many other issues in regards to what we're paid um, systemic issues. But the one thing we can definitely can control is where we put the money once we get it. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Black Married and Death Free podcast. If you did, like I said, leave us a five-star review and we're going to holler at y'all on the next one. Peace!